Welcome to Life, a podcast all about living in full expression. I am your host, Farron Drew Thompson, and I'm here to share my experiences as they continue to unfold in this life to support you in yours. I'm inherently curious, and I created this show to explore my own human evolution, learn from others, and create a community in which we can all dive deeper into discovering our truest, most authentic selves. Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. One, welcome back to another episode of Life. I just was making myself laugh because my audio wasn't working on my headphones and I thought, oh my gosh, not again, another week of technical difficulties. And then I just realized that my headset was not plugged in, which is why I couldn't hear the recording that I was making. So it's one of those days. Reminder to plug your headset in. <laughs> metaphorically speaking. How are you doing? How is your week going? I am sitting here at the farmhouse looking out at a snowy winter wonderland. We got a huge snow system come in over the weekend and it is gorgeous. So, 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 so beautiful. And the forecast is calling for snow on snow on snow on snow on snow all week long. And it feels like winter is fast approaching slash already upon us, even though it's still fall. So far, we are loving living at the farm. It really feels like this is where I'm meant to be right now. And I think particularly after a summer of being back and forth, not being at home very much, then the fall, staying with my uncles, then moving houses and being in Toronto and then moving here and all this stuff, I realized just how ungrounded I felt, just how disconnected I felt. And I touched on this a bit last week, but being disconnected from my routine and from a solid home base left me feeling very disconnected from myself, from the practices and rituals and routines that really connect me back to the highest version of myself. And that's partially why I created the episode today. I had the idea to create this a couple of weeks ago when I was really in the thick of it. And my sister and I had a conversation about setting baby goals, little tiny, teeny, tiny goals that you know you will be able to accomplish. And I've talked about this before. One of the most brilliant principles that I've heard in terms of building confidence and self-trust came from Ed Milet. And I'll link that episode that I heard that in below in the show notes. But he talks about stacking habits and stacking goals and how that's the quickest way to build confidence. And similarly, the quickest way to break confidence and break trust with yourself is to continually not show up, to continually not follow through on the things that you've deemed are important. For example, if you say, tomorrow I'm going to wake up at 7 a.m., I'm going to make my bed, then I'm going to eat something nourishing for breakfast, then I'm going to go for a walk, and you snooze your alarm, and then you wake up, and you're rushing, and so you don't make your bed, those things gradually break trust with yourself. And so setting these small manageable goals is a really beautiful, tangible way to begin taking those steps to build that foundation of self-connection back up so that you can get back into that aligned flow. And my sister was really reminding me of that when I was really going through it. And 
one of the ways that I was having a tough time was not bringing myself to bed. I think it's partially because I wasn't at home, but I would just keep distracting myself when I would feel tired. I would then flip on my phone or I would turn on my computer or I would start doing something with work and I would not listen to those cues from my body. And I think it's just because I was in such a disconnected place for myself that I was not honoring my needs. I was feeding the me that I felt, which was not great. So I wasn't treating myself very well. And this episode is all about a simple, super simple five-step routine that I started to implement at night to help me align back with my highest self, to help me get back into the flow of self-connection. And I'm really excited to share it with you today. But first, I wanted to share a little bit about what we did this weekend. There's a family who I used to babysit for four years, an extended family. And the grandparents of that family own a farm near my farmhouse. And my mom's been to visit before, my sister's been to visit before, they used to sell produce in the area. And since then, they've shut down that production part of their business, but they still live at this property and I've always wanted to go. And this weekend we met the couple who lives there and they invited us to come for a tour of the farm. And we drove just after the snow fell. And as we were entering this property off of the country road near my house, there were apple trees that were just covered in snow. So the apples were like bright red sticking out of the white snow and it was so 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 beautiful i'll share some photos on social media so you guys can all see but it was this long winding driveway i believe they have 200 acres of land and we got the most amazing tour of this very old farmhouse that they've converted into the most gorgeous living space they have a beautiful open kitchen that overlooks the rolling hills and several ponds that they have. We toured their barn where we learned about how they make their wine, their maple syrup, all these various different projects they have going on. And we also got to tour the orchards and taste a bunch of different types of apples. I tried a new type of apple to me called a fireside apple, which was delicious. It almost tastes like a pear. I don't know if anyone's tried those before, but there's something about being in nature, being in a food production area that's so conscious and so diverse and so thoughtful and family run and in my area that just lit me right up and really got me connected back to the learnings that resonated so deeply with me during my permaculture course in the end of 2019 when I went to Indonesia and I was talking to the husband after the tour ended and I said listen I'm just around the corner if you ever want help with the farm he does most of the work himself now and if you ever need help with the farm I am one call away I would be here in a heartbeat I'm a hard worker <laughs> I'm a fast learner I would just be honored to come work here. So fingers crossed, we'll see maybe in my future, I will be able to go and lend a hand to this amazing couple and be able to play a part in this really cool family farm adventure. And it's funny, I was talking to a friend recently about how when people ask me, where do you see your life going? Or you know, when, when people create vision boards or they have a very specific idea for the future, that's so not me. I can kind of envision my life going infinity 
and beyond different ways. I guess you could also say infinite different ways. (laughs) But I don't know if anyone else feels this way too, but I have a really hard time pinpointing one specific dream that I have. I kind of have a billion dreams and I would be happy in so many different iterations of this magical life that we're living. And sometimes when I see things in real life, I can think, wow, this is one of those many, 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 many dream lives that I have in my mind. But to own an acreage where you could grow your food for yourself, your family, the community, to maybe have an educational component, it just it opened my eyes seeing something in real life that's actually you can touch it, you can pick the apples. They've done it, you know, and they're living it. And it was deeply inspiring to me. And so I was excited to share that with all of you because it was such a special experience. And I will not soon forget that beautiful image of the apples in the snow. And let me tell you something, if you have the chance to pick apples in the snow, absolutely do it. I mean, why wouldn't you? That sounds so magical. But they are so cold and so juicy and so I feel like extra sweet because of the cold and it was such a special treat and we got to go home with a whole bunch of different apples from their cold cellar and from off the tree, maple syrup. It's amazing. Anyways, I feel deeply grateful for that opportunity and it was just something that I have always wanted to do and who knows, I'll keep you all posted. Maybe there's an opportunity to help out there in the future and learn from this incredible couple that has built this beautiful, beautiful space. Now let's switch gears to the reason why we are all here, learning about a simple nightly routine that can connect you back to your highest self. Sounds like a dream come true, speaking of dreams. And let me tell you, this routine has helped me so much over the last few weeks. As we talk about all the time on the podcast, I talk about clients, with friends, with family members, the simplest things are so often the most profound. And this is exactly what this routine has been for me. It has made a profound impact on my life, on my mental state, on my physical well-being, my mental well-being, my emotional well-being. And it has really, really helped me kind of pull myself out of a funk and get back into the flow of alignment. If you are currently feeling really disconnected from yourself or you are staying up way past your bedtime or when you know that you're exhausted, if you're just having a really hard time being consistent and showing up for yourself, this is a really great way to start. And if five steps is too much for you, start with one. Pick one that resonates today or do some brainstorming and decide on one that feels good to you and just start with one. As my sister was talking about baby goals. Let's get them really itty bitty baby goals. And when you do one, then you can do two, then you can do three, but start with one. If five is too much, just one. Okay, ready? Let's get into it. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I have now recorded and deleted and re-recorded this first step about six times because I'm having a really hard time encapsulating everything that I want to say about this step into one small section. So I'm just going to preface this whole step by saying that our relationships with food and our bodies are so complex and so nuanced. We all bring 
so much complexity to this relationship and wherever you are listening to this, whatever is going on for you right now in your relationship with food and your body, you take care of yourself first. This is not meant to be advice. This is just my own experience. And this has been really, really helpful for me in terms of connecting back to my body and my physical needs. And so take this with a grain of salt. Food pun not intended. (laughs) But the first step of this nightly routine for me that has really, really helped me get back into my body is to eat when I'm hungry and to stop when I'm full. And I know this seems so simple. It might seem so obvious. Why is this even a step? Some people might not have an issue with this, but for me, when I am not connected to myself, I find that I am very disconnected from those subtleties that come from within, those cues that tell me if I'm hungry or if I'm full. I feel like I'm almost in overdrive mode where I just steamroll over any subtlety that comes through. And so for me, taking the time to pause and listen to those cues and honor them, when I feel that cue come up saying, I'm hungry, before I get to the point where I'm just ravished, no, ravenous, (laughs) before I get to the point where I'm ravenous, but when I get that first subtle cue of I'm hungry, I try to get up and go and get myself something nourishing to eat, something satiating, something that will fill my belly and make me feel really good. And when I start to feel full, again, before I feel stuffed to the max, but when I feel slightly full, I stop and then I go back to whatever it was that I'm doing. And for me, this seemingly simple, but also quite complex process has really helped me tune into my needs and build that trust back up with myself. I think so often when we're busy or stressed or we feel we don't have the time to cook ourselves a nourishing meal or we simply forget to eat because we're so busy or we're just stuffing our face with a bag of potato chips because that's all we have the energy for. We're not honoring those subtleties that are coming through. And as a result, we are breaking trust with ourselves because we're ignoring those basic human needs that we have. And so I know this is super, super complex and a very, very intimate subject for many, many people. So wherever you are, know that I'm sending you so much love. Um, I think for me, the reason why I included this in this nightly routine is because it is something that I've struggled with and it is one of the biggest indicators for me that I'm out of alignment. And so I've tried to reframe it almost as any other basic human need that I have. Like if my fingertips are cold, then I know that I need to go and put on a sweater, right? Or if I'm yawning and rubbing my eyes, then I know that I'm tired. And I think for me, beginning to reframe these subtle cues and sometimes not so subtle cues of being hungry or full has really shifted my perspective and allowed me to tap into what I need in that moment intuitively. I think the conversation around intuitive eating for me has often presented itself in a similar way to conversations around meditation. For me, it kind of feels like this exclusive club that I don't really know how to get into. And 
I'm so excited to teach you all more about meditation because I'm getting my meditation teacher training and make it super accessible for everyone because I haven't always felt that way for myself. I always thought, how do people meditate? I I don't get it. You know, I don't know how to empty my mind of thoughts. Are you even supposed to empty your mind of thoughts? And on and on and on. And when it comes to intuitive eating, the conversation seems to be directed around, it's so easy. You know, here's here's what you do. It's super easy. You just kind of listen to the cues of your body. And I'm recognizing in this conversation that it is not that simple. It is so complex and it's so individual and it's something that's incredibly unique to each one of us. And so I'm just sharing what has been super helpful for me and it's an ongoing process but that's what this podcast is all about is to share my experience in the hopes that I can maybe support you along your journey of life and so that is step number one a very complex description of a super seemingly simple step so now let's get into step number two which kind of flows nicely from step number one and when you are done with your eating for the day making yourself a nice warm cup of tea. This is something that I've been integrating more into my nightly routine in the last couple of weeks. And for me, it's such a nice way just to signal to my brain that we're winding down, that it's time to begin to switch over to rest mode, rest and digest mode. And I have a whole bunch of different herbal teas in my cupboard. In the summertime, I love to make peppermint tea with fresh mint leaves. It's something that I used to do when I was on vacation in Europe. If you've ever been to Europe and you're at a restaurant and you ask for peppermint tea, more often than not, they bring you a couple sprigs of mint leaves in warm water and it is heavenly. And so I started to make it at home because it's so delicious. I know they make it other places other than Europe, but that's the only place that I've had it. And actually, hot tip. If you're at a restaurant and you love peppermint tea and they have a bar, which most bars have mint in them, ask them after dinner if they could bring you instead of an herbal tea or a coffee or whatever you drink after dinner, ask for a cup of warm water with some mint in it and you will not regret it. You will love it. I guarantee it. And if you do, please tell me how much you enjoyed it because it makes me so happy. I've turned so many people onto this drink. It's so simple and it's so comforting. I love it so, so much. So drinking some tea whenever you're done eating for the night, before you brush your teeth, before you go upstairs to bed, boiling that kettle and having that be a part of your nighttime ritual. For me, it's been such a peaceful way to kind of just slip into the rest of the evening and signal to your brain that it is time to wind down. Step number three in this nighttime routine is to do one act of self-care. Now, I left this really open because it will depend on what you need that particular day. This might look like doing a honey face mask. It might look like reading a chapter of your book. It might look like taking your dogs for a walk. Although I do recommend doing something just for you. If you have kids, although reading books to your kids at night might make you feel really good, do that. Absolutely. But I want this self-care practice to be just for you. Something that makes you feel so good. Maybe it's picking up a guitar or an instrument and singing or 
maybe blow drying your hair. I'm just trying to think of other things running yourself a bath, having a hot shower, and putting some essential oils in the bottom of it. Anything that makes you feel really connected to yourself, really connected to your body, to your mind, to your soul. Maybe it could be an extended meditation or a guided meditation or listening to some music and doing a stretch on your yoga mat. Literally, the options here are endless. Let your mind go wild and ask yourself what you want, what you need in the moment and listen to what comes through and honor that. No judgment, simply honoring what you need. And this is a really actually a great way to strengthen our connection to self, to tap into our intuition and to practice not judging ourselves, which is easier said than done. Something I saw recently that I shared with my sister was this little graphic that I found when I was really going through the thick of it in the last couple of weeks. I was looking up some stuff online and reading some things and I stumbled across this graphic that was describing the love languages, which many of us have heard before, physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, gifts, and what's the last one? What is the last one? Quality time, quality time. (laughs) Insert Jeopardy theme there. But this graphic was depicting the self-love languages and it said, what is your self-love language? And my sister and I were marveling at how brilliant this was. It seemed like a resource that maybe was used um, through a therapist's office or something like this. And I absolutely loved it. I'm going to pull it up right now so that I can share what some of the things were. Okay, so apparently this is something that's very popular. I just did a quick Google search and there are so many of these charts. So please do your own research. If you're interested in this, it seems like there's a million different ideas. But this little chart that I found now describes the self-love languages as following. Physical touch, things that make your body feel good and focus on your physical well-being. And then they have some examples. Massages, spa days, soft blankets, moving your body, skincare acts of service, doing things for yourself that make life easier and more structured, therapy, organizing, cleaning, scheduling, delegating, planners, receiving gifts, buying gifts for yourself and spending money on things that bring you joy, going out, vacations, craft supplies, makeup, clothes, investing in yourself, words of affirmation, giving yourselves pep talks and encouraging words by being your biggest cheerleader, positive self-talk, daily affirmations, journaling, self-improvement. And then lastly, quality time, spending time alone, time with your hobbies and doing what you love. Meditation, reading, hobbies, art, taking yourself on dates. How cute is that? Isn't that so brilliant? This kind of blew my mind and I don't know why I never thought about it this way. We talk so much about love languages with partners, with friends, with family members. I have never heard of love languages as they apply to the self. Who else's mind is blown right now? Please send me a message if this also rocked your world. (laughs) And feel free to do a little Google search and find out what self love language is the most resonant with you. So all of that to say that if you are stumped for some ideas of ways that you can care of yourself, if this is something that you don't do on the regular, 
definitely look to this for some inspiration. I know I will be now that I know that there's a treasure trove of resources out there of ideas of the different self-love languages. I'm going to be doing a deep dive after this podcast and finding something to do tonight. I'm so excited. It's funny though, this idea of self-love languages, because when we talk about love languages, we think how lovely we feel when we spend quality time with a partner, when we get a gift from a friend, when our mom does an act of service for us by taking the trash out. And it's all about how we receive love. I think that so often we overlook how we receive love from ourselves. It seems like such an afterthought and self-care Although it can be deemed as something that is not a priority, I think that it is a cornerstone to building that foundation of self-connection that ultimately builds the reality that we desire. This is what I'm so passionate about and it starts in these very small everyday steps. So find out what you love to do, ask yourself what you need and provide that for yourself. Be that source of love for yourself. How powerful is that? Okay, on to step number four of this routine, which is just seeming to be life-changing if I do say so myself, is to go to bed before you're tired. The key word here is before you are tired. For me, there's this threshold that is crossed. I can start to feel that subtle cue that I'm tired. I can just feel it in my body. And so often I ignore it. I'll be watching a TV show or I'll be reading or I'll be talking with my partner or on the phone with my sister. And I just don't want to get up from what I'm doing and take myself to bed. But the challenge here is to catch that feeling when it comes up, to catch that sensation, that cue and to honor it. It's actually very similar to the cue I was talking about before when I feel hungry that basic human need. So right at the time when you start to feel like you're winding down, perhaps this is when you make yourself your tea, if that's what you do, or you're doing your little self-care practice, you're having a bath, rather than going and starting another project, rather than going and sitting at your computer or picking up your phone and scrolling social media, take yourself and tuck yourself into bed. Maybe you don't climb under the covers, but go into your room, shut the door, maybe light a candle and just allow yourself to create that physical environment where you feel safe and relaxed and you can feel your body begin to calm down. For me, this is another huge indicator when I'm feeling disconnected from myself. The last few weeks when I was really struggling, I was not putting myself to bed Sometimes I really have to reframe this as if I'm a child. It's like I'm my own parent. I'm like, you know what, Farron? It's time for bed. I'm going to tuck you into bed. You're tired. (laughs) I know what you need. So be your own parent, be your own guardian, shall I say, and show yourself this act of love by getting into bed, getting into that cozy space before you're exhausted before it feels like too much of an effort to do so while you still have that kind of day-like energy in a glimmer when you're in that sunset of energy take yourself and put yourself to bed the last step on this list step number five 
is to read before bed. For years, I told myself I was not a reader. I didn't have the attention span for it. I didn't have the interest in it. And in the last year, which I have chronicled on this podcast to an extent, I've really gotten back into reading. I think part of the reason why I had labeled myself as a non-reader is because I never really gave myself the chance to get into any books. I never really put down my phone, put away my computer, stopped watching TV, and really immersed myself into books for longer than one time. And so if you're constantly bombarding yourself with TV shows and movies and social media, of course, if you pick up a book, it might seem boring or it might not grasp your attention in the same way. And I never really gave myself a fair shot. So now that I'm back into the practice of reading, I love reading before bed. I love going to bed before I'm super tired so that I can wind down and actually read more than just a couple of pages. My sister's getting about a million shout outs in this episode. Isla, if you're listening, hi, I love you so much. But something that we talk about is that she reads before bed too. And she often jokes that she'll get into bed and read a paragraph and then she's fast asleep. If you haven't read before bed in a while or ever, please give this a try. If you have trouble sleeping, I swear it puts me to sleep in such a deep way and it also happens remarkably fast. That's why I say to go to bed before you're tired so that you can actually enjoy and consume some of your book and remember it. And then when you feel your eyes begin to grow heavy, you can shut your book and shut your light off. But for me, I have found that easing into sleep by way of a book not only continues that lovely progression of peaceful, calm, tranquility as I descend into sleep that started with the tea, the self-care, going to bed before I'm tired, the book, like, oh, I already feel relaxed talking about this. And as I'm recording, it's five o'clock right now, and I'm already excited to have my dinner and then do this whole routine right now tonight. I'm so excited to do that. But when I ease into sleep from my book, it helps me have a better night's sleep. I find that I sleep a lot deeper. And when I wake up in the morning, I feel so much more rested. And if you are rolling your eyes at this and thinking, this is not me. I'm not a reader. I don't do that. I can only watch TV before I go to bed or scroll on my phone. I'm raising my hand right now. This was me for years and years and years. I felt I quote, couldn't go to sleep without watching a TV show. I would have friends on in the background for years before I would go to sleep and just have my laptop out. And I never thought that I would be somebody who would read before bed. I always hoped that I would be somebody who would read before bed because I knew it would make me feel good, but I just couldn't figure out how to get there. So if that is you right now and you cannot imagine not going to sleep without a TV, without a computer, without a phone, I encourage you to experiment with this. Perhaps picking up a book from the library or buying a book or borrowing from a friend or a loved one that is light and fluffy and something that is easy to read just to help you ease into the process of reading again. I kind of picture it like being a turtle that's scared 
and then coming out of the shell. You don't want to just like slam an encyclopedia down or some really intense nonfiction book that is super dry and dull. That is not going to get you enticed and excited to be reading again. So speaking from experience to keep yourself and nurture that turtle to come out of its shell and be engaged in reading. I don't know if this analogy is making any sense. I find that starting this practice again in your life and reintegrating reading into your life again by choosing a book that's really kind of fluffy and fun and that you know will be um, enjoyable is a really lovely place to start. Start experimenting. Read for five minutes and see how it feels. Maybe you'll want to read for five more or maybe you'll be done with it for the night, but give it a try if it's something that you're interested in and you never know where it will take you. Okay, so who's ready to go to bed right now? (laughs) Some of you may be listening to this before bed. Others may be listening to this first thing in the morning, in which case you have something to really look forward to tonight if you choose to do this five-step nightly routine. But I will tell you that this has had a profound effect on my mental, physical, emotional, spiritual well-being, my self-worth, and my entire life. And it's such an important reminder that the simplest things can be the most profound. And this reality that we desire is made up of tiny little moments in those moments of choosing yourself, of honoring yourself, of listening to your needs and giving them to yourself. And so I hope that this episode was helpful for you. I can't wait to hear if you choose to implement some of these steps into your own nightly routine or if you do the whole five-step shebang. I would love to know. Please, please send me a message. And It is 5.14 here and I'm just about ready to go and make myself a cup of tea and start the whole process because I'm feeling very relaxed and soothed after listening to this episode and I hope you do too. Wishing you a beautiful rest of your day wherever you are and until next time, sending you so, so much love.